Shalom Aleichem. Our journey with Mishnah Yomi through Shas continues in Chapter 4 of Megillah at Mishnah 8. This is our last full day of Megillah. Tomorrow we wrap it up and we begin Bezrat Hashem Moed Katan. So this chapter we've discussed reading the Megillah, reading the Torah, and the public prayer service. Now Mishnah Ches picks up a Omer, Eini Over what if they ask somebody to lead the prayers and he says, I'm not going to go up in front of the ark and lead the prayers for the community in colored clothing. He says, I'm, I'm wearing my uh, my red jacket today. I only daven in white. So even if he's wearing white clothing, we don't let this guy pray. The issue here is it's not forbidden to pray in white clothing. On Yom Kippur, you may have seen many people wearing white clothing is a remembrance to the Cohen Gubbles white clothing. That's not a problem at all. The problem is the insistence is this man will only ever pray through the whole year in white clothing. And that is a sign of heresy. Some of the heretic heretical sects in ancient times used to only pray in white clothing and not in anything else. The mission brings a similar case, Basandal, any over. I'm not going to go pray in front of the community because I'm wearing sandals. Aflochef, we don't let him pray for the community even if he takes his shoes off. Because again, certain sects that were uh, antithetical to mainstream Judaism, they used to say, well, we're only going to pray barefoot. You know, again, the Kohanim in the temple can do things barefoot, but to insist that you have to pray barefoot, it's very strange smacks of hearsay. The mission continues, Somebody makes his tefillin round. Now, the tefillin have to be square. This is a halacha lemosha misinai. And one of the amazing things in the Torah is the Torah never tells you what shape tefillin are, and yet Jews for thousands of years from Ireland to Yemen have made their tefillin in the same exact shape that Moshe Rabbeinu taught us. But someone happened to make round tefillin. The Mishnah says, Sakona, that's actually dangerous. You know, if he bumps his head into the wall, then the round part could, God forbid, fracture his skull. Ain't ba mitzvah. And there's no mitzvah making tefillin in a round box. Because again, the mitzvah that Moses taught us is its square. Netona ol mitzcho, he puts his tefillin on his forehead. Ol pas yado, or the palm of his hand. Hareze der chaminut. This is also not the mitzvah. It's the way of the the heretics who took things very literally. The uh, the tzadukim, the the Sadducees, uh, were you know they ignored the oral tradition back to Moses, and they said we're going to go by the literal interpretation. The Torah says, "Bein uh, einecha between your eyes." So let's put the tefillin, you know, right on the bridge of our nose between our eyes. It says al yadecha. Now yad can mean hand, and yad can mean arm. And we have a, a tradition that it really means on the bicep. They would actually put it on their hands. And the mission concludes, Tzipon Zohov, what if you gold-plated your tefillin? You really love your tefillin, and they're made of leather from a kosher animal, but you wanted to make it nice, or gold-plated, Natonan old bait on kulushalo, he put them over his sleeve, over his clothing. Rezeder chachitsonim. So this this isn't a, a minut issue. They're not sedukim. But it's, it's like an outside thing. It's not like a normal mainstream thing. Now, these last guys, they're not actually heretics, but it's a little weird. You can't gold plating your tefillin. It could be nice, but it's not the normal thing to do. Sometimes the biggest struggle in life is just to look around and be normal like everyone else. The Mishnah test uh, continues with some prayer-related issues. 
Ha'omer Yivarchucha Tovim. Someone's praying and he says, the good people will bless you. He's talking to God. He says, God, the good people will bless you. This, this is also heretical because, listen, everyone should bless God. Even people who aren't completely good still can have a relationship with God. God is not only for the ivory tower intellectuals and the greatest of tzaddikim. God is accessible to everyone. Mishnah continues, someone says, Your mercy should reach to the nest of the birds. Now this refers to the mitzvah of Shiluah HaKen, of sending away the mother bird before you take the eggs. Now, the Bartner points out there could be multiple problems with this statement. You could be saying that God's mercy should go on birds and not anything else. Or you could also be saying, God, you made this beautiful mitzvah because you're so merciful. Yes, it's true, God is merciful, but God is also just. And as the Bartner points out, it's not that the mitzvot, the commandments, are simply out of mercy. It's a gezera. We can't always understand all the reasons behind God's mitzvot. The Mishnah adds, someone says, Altuv yizacher shmecha. Your name should be mentioned for good things. Now, that, that's nice, but even when bad things happen, we know they're from God, and we give a blessing to God if... if uh, Lo'aleinu, someone loses a family member, they make a blessing to God. We don't believe that there's God and then there's an evil opposing force. No, the Satan works for God. He's a, a malach who's on payroll in, in God's uh, Shemaim. You know, he's not a separate entity. We don't, uh, we don't have such a, a concept. So everything, good and bad, come from God. Mishnah adds, modim, modim. He says, modim twice. Mishot kinoso. So all these cases... We silence the person. We don't let him pray in public. We don't let him say these things in public. Modim, modim, the issue is modim means like, I acknowledge you, I thank you. If he's saying it twice, it sounds like he's thanking two different forces. And the Mishnah adds a similar idea. Someone's talking about Torah, and he's explaining the verses about arayot, about illicit relationships but he uses them as a kinui. He says they're, they're not to be taken literally. The Bartner explains instead of, so when the, when the verse says, do not uncover your father's nakedness, do not uncover your mother's nakedness. So he means, so this guy says, oh yeah, it means you can't embarrass your, your parents or reveal their secrets. But the literal intention is that it's dealing with uh, intimate relationships that are forbidden. The mission continues, uh, Somebody takes this Pasuk about you shall not give your children over to the Molech, that famous ancient uh, child incinerator. So he explains this to mean, meaning you can't make children with a non-Jewish woman, that a Jewish man should not live with a non-Jewish woman. We silence this person and give him a rebuke too, because he's really distorting the literal meaning of the Torah. The verse is literally talking about somebody who gives his children over to the worship of Molech. There's actually a different opinions if the children were literally burned or walk through fire, or maybe they burned some children and other children walk through fire. I've heard an explanation that the idea behind these Molech worshippers, uh, Hashem should wipe them all out, is that they thought by sacrificing some of their children, the other children would become stronger and more successful. 
And this is obviously, as the verse says, is antithetical to Judaism and Jew Jewish parents invest in all of our children. We love all of our children. We don't play favorites. We don't, uh, you know, insult some children to, to benefit others. So thank God we should all be blessed uh, this Yom Tov, uh, this holiday season to enjoy our family, our children, have nachas, have, have Jewish joy and pride in our children and grandchildren, uh, God willing. Wishing everyone good Shabbos, good Yom Tov, Chag Sameach, Shabbat Shalom. Be well.